Today, I'm with Chris Blair. You are listening to Chat with Dropshipping Masters, a podcast focused on bringing to you the lessons and insights from dropshipping outliers around the world. This is your key into the mind of elite marketers who, just like you, start out totally clueless, but through focus on hard work, manage to hack the e-commerce game and generate an insane amount of wealth for themselves. I am your host, Breda Buzian. Thank you so much for being here. Let's the fun begin. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for being here. I'm very excited to have you. We try to do this for uh, quite some time now, and it's finally happening, so I'm very excited to have you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Yeah, of course. Sorry, I'm, Tell me. I'm sitting in a coffee shop in Kuala Lumpur, and this is usually a quiet street, but then a big truck just purred by, but usually, don't worry, there'll be almost no traffic on the street. I come to this coffee shop every morning that I've been here, so... Awesome. Warm every single day. It's not as hot as I thought it was going to be. Okay. Uh, people say it's hot and muggy, but I mean, I guess, you know, I live in Tokyo and the summers in, in, in Japan can get incredibly muggy. So actually compared to Japan, this is, I mean, the hot in Japan, this is quite pleasant. Awesome. And you said you have an event. So can you just like tell us a little bit about That's right. the event? That's right. So on June 2nd, uh, I don't know if you know who he is, but uh, Gerald So, he's a pretty famous drop shipper. Um, okay. Shopify seller from from neither just outside of KL. Um, he's he's Malaysian Chinese, okay. but uh, um, yeah, he's him. We're both doing an event together. Okay. Um, so focusing mostly on just talking about print on demand. There's been a lot of events uh, in, for dropshippers um, in Malaysia done before, last, especially the last two years. So um, since my one of my strengths and expertise is, you know, I've done both in my career and I've been involved in teaching both and I have students doing both. My, my true strength is print on demand. Um, so we're focused heavily on that, you know, and how to make your own unique uh, products that sell and convert. Um, using print-on-demand suppliers, so that's one of the main focus. Um, and he's also going to talk about Etsy. He's a parent, he's an Etsy expert, so okay. it's going to be a really awesome event. I'm looking forward to it. Great, great. So, and I've... as part of that event, I decided, you know what the heck? So if I'm coming to Malaysia anyway, I might as well just. And I've I've got time freedom, and as long as I have an internet connection and a laptop, or even a phone for that matter, I can work. So. I came out here two weeks early, so I have almost three weeks in KL. That's awesome. There's a lot of people who actually go there, a lot of digital marketers. Uh, they like the lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Why do you think a lot of people go there? Like, just because it's cheaper in a sense? Um, you know, I think it's probably where I'm staying, but I'm staying in uh, Bukit Bintang, which is the most central active area. So, it, I mean, yes, it's, it's, I would say it's cheaper for food and, and things like that than um, where I live in Japan, but alcohol and things like that because of the muslim tax is actually quite expensive and gotcha, more gotcha, gotcha. drink the drink here than it is in japan <laughs> which is surprising but i was just like wow man it's expensive to drink here um so japan is expensive um, in general yeah but I'll, i mean it, yeah so that's I, that's why i wanted to bring in as a point of reference uh, i mean food is 30 30 to 40 percent cheaper here but the alcohol is significantly more expensive than in japan so i i, I figured out that i'm you know I go out for a couple of beers that night, I'm spending almost the exact same amount of money that I would on a day in Japan. Interesting. All right. So let's, let's go back to the event. As you said, your strength is print on demand. Um, now, when we talk about dropshipping, people think more about AliExpress because it's kind of like the uh -huh. general way that the people go about that. So what do you think like the main difference between AliExpress, doing AliExpress and doing print on demand? Okay. Well, so, so let's just talk about what, what I consider dropshipping to be is you go to AliExpress or eBay or Wishlist or... Amazon, you can do Amazon, they call it Amazon arbitrage, which is basically drop shipping the same thing. You go and you take someone else's existing product, 
you put it on your website, you sell it, and you have it fulfilled by that person, send it directly to the customer. Exactly. That another term for that is uh, people call it arbitrage. Arbitrage. Okay. Retail arbitrage. Oh yeah. yeah. The Amazon people like to to to, to uh, separate their the Amazon gurus like to separate their uh, their method from the uh, the the drop shipping shopping methods. They call it arbitrage. But in, in essence. The, the exact same thing is happening. It's the exact same idea. Um, so arbitrage and, and, and dropshipping are the exact same thing, just a different label. Um, so what print-on-demand is, is, is so you'll go to uh, an exist, a supplier that has different op product, blank products, right? So, for example, T-shirts, hats, bags, uh, necklaces. I mean, these days it's towels, doggies, towels, shorts, swimming suits. I mean, there's now, back when I first started doing print on demand, we could really start with this t shirts back in 2015. Teespring just had t shirts, t shirts and, and hoodies, right? All they had is t shirts? That's it? That's right. That's right. That's why Damn. I was called Teespring. Back oh. in 2011, 2011, when we first started, the only thing we could sell print on demand was t shirts and hoodies and, t and tank tops. Anyway, but nowadays there's almost, I swear to you, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I would say there's about 2,500 products we could drop in. I mean, I've seen products? dog bowls, jewelry oh, boxes. Yeah. I mean, it's un, excuse my language, but unfucking real. No, no, we can do these. So anyway, so what you do is, so some these companies, for example, T-Launch or Custom Cat will have a blank, right? And they'll have, you know, 100 or 2,000 caps on, on stock or whatever on stock, right? And so what we do is we use an application that we go in and we pick from their available products, right, the type of product that we want to sell. We yeah. put our custom design, right? So it's our design. we got to have a design made. Gotcha. And we upload it. We, des put, we design our own product based on their available, what, what, what they can sell, what they can offer. And when an order comes in, they send the product to the customer with our custom design. So the print the man game is, is, is your own custom designs. And so that makes it unique. Um, the, the old days, back in, you know, I, to be fr frank, about four or five years ago when this whole thing was, you know, when, when back in 2014 and 2015 when Shopify became big, a lot of people said, oh, I'm only going to drop shipping because it's so limited on what you can do with print on demand. And, and at the time, that, back, even back in 2014, 15, there was only about few, you know, 200, 300 products we could do print on demand at the time. It was starting to expand compared to the old days, but it still was, to be, to be honest, that was a fair argument to go with drop shipping. Okay. But I don't think that that's a fair argument anymore. There's so many more products that you can do drop um, print on demand, and it's just increasing, increasing, increasing. So if you count the thousands of potential products you can do with uh, print on demand, plus the fact that the design and slogan expression that you can put on is basically infinite, right? You can come up with your own design, right? Your own slogan, your own expression. So nowadays, honestly, I think that there's more opportunity for creativity and uniqueness of products with print on demand than there is with drop shipping. Okay. And very often dropshipping, they I, end up selling almost like the same products while with print on demand, as you said, you can get creative and have your own designs and you don't have to worry that it's saturated in a sense because it's yours. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Now, now people can copy you and it does happen, but it's harder, right? First of all, they have to have, number one, they have to be able to, to get a design name, which is not hard to do, but people are... Sellers are lazy. Oh, I have to get a design made, right? mm -hmm. and they have to find a designer. And, and finding a good designer that's affordable is not easy. And then on top of it, um, you have to know know the supplier, right? For example, there's a supplier. I'm not I'm not going to say the person's name okay. or the company's name, but there's a, there's a secret supplier that that only my group and I are working with. Okay. And they've got some unique products, and we're selling. In fact, you know, what? I'm just going to say it. we're selling four pack koozies. Okay? okay. These are these these beer. 
you know, keeps the beer warm. The yeah, beer. yeah, yeah. And, 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 and only this one supplier sells them in a four-pack. Every other supplier, there's only two or three of them out there sell them as singles, units. And they don't really sell well single units because the shipping that you have to charge right doesn't work doesn't gotcha, i try gotcha. with single units and we're selling this doesn't just doesn't doesn't jive with the system right because every every preliminary supply charges a base shipping cost and so no one wants to pay that kind of shipping for one koozie and how did you manage to make the deal with your supplier so we i just there's a private supplier that, that we've been working with for a long time hmm. i reached out to him i said this has to be in a four pack um to justify the shipping the and because the customers say well i'm not going to pay pay that shipping for one for you know? me, yeah. and i and i went on to amazon and i saw that they were all be koozies were all being sold in four and six packs and so there has to be a reason for that and it's the shipping so the moment we switched to a four pack it's been converting like crazy wow. and literally my competition has reached out to me and said chris how are you getting a four pack i don't know any print on demand supplier company that has a four pack so i've created a barrier to entry on Facebook, you know, with the with the Shopify, other Shopify sales, they don't even know who the supplier is. Mm, so you actually found a way to, to to have an edge, let's say, regarding your, like, compared to your competition. That's right. Now, so 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 there's a couple things happening here. Number one, they, they got to be able to, to get the design made and and the copy right or a similar design made right. If they copy mm -hmm. straight out, we're going to send them a cease and desist. But at the same time, they have to be able to access that supplier, and in some cases they can, in some cases they can't. Or some cases they don't even know who the supplier is, right? So, I mean, the barrier—it's—it's it's much harder for someone, and they also have to find our website and everything else, right? So, your chances of being copied um, with print-on-demand is is a lot less. Whereas with AliExpress, whether they know you're selling that product or not, if if a product's moving a lot of units, AliExpress immediately moves that up the search algorithm, right? So let's just mm. say. Dog necklaces, for example. If a particular dog necklaces, let's say you put the dog necklace on your website today, right? And you start selling tons of units. Well, AliExpress is going to see that volume, regardless of whether I'm trying to, you know, trying to, you know, go out there and find your website or not. Or find, they're going to see that volume, and it's going to go up in the searches. And so you're just going to naturally get more and more competition selling the exact same item you are. Yeah, but a lot of people are doing dropshipping for quite a while now. Like they fulfill their orders through Excel sheets, so like they don't. They don't go through the Ali, AliExpress platform, yep. in a sense, to actually, you know, do exactly what you're doing to hide whatever volume they're selling, for for That's competition right. to not jump but then, on that. But yeah, yeah, then you're avoiding, you know, Barlo and, and doing that. But here's the thing, when, guys, when I when I've done Excel sheets in the past, I have back in 2015, I did six dollars. That becomes a clusterfuck. Mm. It can be to a lot of manual labor involved. You got to pay staff. But I'm not saying don't do dropshipping. That's not what I'm saying. Because I think dropshipping can work, but it's just a lot harder to manage that way. You got to have a lot of staff, you know, orders get get messed up. But anytime you anytime you involve a human, whether whether you have the best staff or not, and you have a great supplier or not, when a human is organizing the order through Excel sheets, sending it to the office of the supplier, the suppliers taking those things and creating labels, yeah. invariably there are mistakes. Interesting. Since you are someone who is an expert in print-on-demand. Let's say that someone who's getting started into dropshipping, they hear about dropshipping, they're, they're, you know, like they, they think AliExpress, as we said, and now you're telling them that there's more opportunity or at least as much opportunity in print-on-demand. What are the, the three main things that you actually think that they need to know in order to get into dropshipping? Doing print-on-demand instead of doing AliExpress. So the first thing to do, and see, you're going to be creating your own products, right? And by the way, even if you're dropshipping, right, you're still going to want to know. Um, I, I'm going to talk about 
So whether you're dropshipping or doing print on demand, it's really, really important that you, ch- you choose. I recommend you choose a niche that you are passionate about. Interesting. Okay, and the reason being is this: is is the competition is stiff out there. It's getting harder and harder and harder, and there's very few untapped niches, right? Now they do exist. In fact, I recently had someone stop my mastermind group and go into the niche I never thought of, but that's pretty rare. Okay, um, most niches are competitive, so you're gonna have a lot of competition, right? So you need to know your customers. You you need to know your customers, right? And, and so you can research a niche and get to know it, right? Don't get me wrong. You could go into something that's completely you have no knowledge of whatsoever, but you're you're it's a lot harder that way. It's much much better if you can come up with something that you know. So the first thing I tell people when they get started with me is, okay, we got to choose a niche. List up the three to five things that you are most passionate about. Can you give us an example of niches that people can actually, you know, just have an idea about what to look? What okay, to look um, German Shepherd lovers. Gotcha. Uh, I'm in. I'm one of. The, I, I have two stores. One that I'm public about, at least to my restaurant sources. But I mean, one is a beer store, and the one I'm not public about. But anyway, so okay. and then beer. So beer related. I'm doing some beer related stuff. And do, then, do you uh, mind to, to to share the beer store just for people to have it as a uh, reference? If people join my web, that's what I do, but I mean, I just, I'll just say I'm in the very niche. I'm awesome. Open, I'm open. I'll, I'll say that. I mean, I'm open about that. That's a pretty well-known niche anyway. Okay, so, perfect. Um, country music niche, uh, although you got to be careful about uh, you know, copywriting and things like that, um, or trademark, but uh, you could see kayaking, right, swimming, scuba diving, uh, Mexican-American niche. I mean, there's tons of different things you can do okay. out there. Okay. So all the niches that so anyway, used to work, you know, like grandmas, is that a niche that might still work? Uh, grandma's a niche. Grandma's a niche. I've sold a lot in niche. Grandma niche when I was in Jack and Teespring. Interesting. Grandma's a niche that would work. Mom, mom, right, dad. Okay, so these are all different niches, right? So you need to know and have, have an affinity. I, I highly recommend you have an affinity for that. Okay, now, the second thing is this, and this is this is whether you're doing dropshipping or printing them, it doesn't, doesn't matter. You Re- market research your niche and truly get to know your niche and, and, and you should know it as well as you know your girlfriend, mother, cousin, uncle or whatever. And this is useful information when you know your niche. You know your, who your competition is, right? What they're selling. You've been on their fan pages and their Instagram page and, and you see what memes and stuff are popular and getting resonant. And you go onto YouTube and you search out videos on your niche and you watch some of these videos. You get to know what kind of stuff they like. This is key, guys. And the reason why this is key, well, because one, for print-on-demand, you're going to be coming up with your own custom ideas, right? So if you, have no, if you understand what resonates with your niche in your marketplace, then you have a better chance of coming up with stuff that can work. But here's another thing. Even if you're dropshipping, this, this type of market knowledge is extremely useful. I remember back in 2015, right, when I was doing a lot of dropshipping. And I'll never forget this, okay? Um, I searched grandma grandma uh, necklace, right? We were in the grandma niche back then. It's funny you brought up grandma because I was I sold the grandma niche back then. Back then. So in the grandma niche in 2012 and, I, and after I opened up my, my new print in the store, I decided to, I didn't want to be in the grandma niche. I, I'm, not, I'm not a grandma. I'm not anything about grandma. But anyway, we sold a lot in the grandma niche. There was less competition. But I could see the competition speeding up. So then, you know, why am I going to focus on the grandma niche when I'm not even a grandma and I'm not interested in being a grandma and obviously I'm a male. <laughs> so I can't even be a grandma. So the point is I should focus on things that I, that I, that I know and like and trust. Anyway, so this is back then. I had a big selling grandma necklace, right? And this is back in 2015. There wasn't a lot of competition in dropshipping, but still, I knew what the I knew what the 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 competition was doing. They were going to go into AliExpress and they were going to search. They were going to search grandma necklace and they were going to search on page one. Nine hundred percent of my competition was going to do that. Page two, seventy five percent of my competition was going to do that. 
Page three, 50% of my competition was going to do that. Page four, 25% of my competition was going to do that. Page five, 10% of my competition was going to do that. So I started my search for grandma necklaces to sell on page six. Wow. Very interesting. Okay. And the reason I did that is because, first of all, I've been in the grandma niche 2012, selling t-shirts and t-shirts in 2012. So I had a pretty good idea of what resonates in the grandma niche. But then the other thing is I know my competition is not going to search that deeply on, on Gold AliExpress. It's not going to. They're lazy. Okay. And, 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 and the thing is about this is I also know that just because something is on page six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, whatever of AliExpress doesn't mean that it cannot sell if it's marketed properly. Okay. Okay. How, how, how does a product end up that deep in, in a search? There's a couple ways. Number one is AliExpress favors the sell the manufacturers or whatever you want to call them, suppliers that have been on their on AliExpress for years. Okay, they favor them. So if 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 you had been on AliExpress selling stuff since 2012 or 13, when you got to 2015, your stuff would automatically rank high in the search. So someone who's new, a, a seller or a manufacturer who's newer, would not, right? And then the other thing is it's, it's, all, it's all about the algorithm of what's found. So let's just say that a product's launched today on AliExpress. If it doesn't make a sale in about a day, if someone doesn't find it and start making sales, it goes down the search. And it, because it goes down the search, it's not seen as much. And then guess what happens? It doesn't make another sale on another day. It goes down and goes, keeps, going, keeps going progressively down. So that means that, you know what that means? I'm giving you guys way, way one of our researching secrets right now. This is just one of... of many that we use but search deep there's a lot of hidden gold on aliexpress and so in this necklace i found which was on ended up being on page nine of aliexpress on the grandma necklace we sold seventeen thousand units of it wow while people are thinking okay. that if it is on the page nine or ten it means that it doesn't sell that doesn't mean that at all because it hasn't been noticed at all and it but, but the thing is i was able to do that because i had been selling in the grandma niche for a long time and i knew the grandma niche i knew what could resonate and I saw that necklace and said, damn, this is going to be a winner. And that's one of the advantages to actually know your niche because you know what works and you know what resonates with your niche. So that's you right. So you can find that hidden gold that other people wouldn't notice because they're so de people are dependent on the spy software. I just could go out and, I, and I, I, I despise that spy software. You know, I like what you say now. In you fact, said that you despise the spy tools because a lot of people teach that the best way to find products is to actually copy what works. What do you, what do you think about that? I think that's, that's the way to get slaughtered. Wow. Okay. If you're just, you're just another lamb sheep following the, the lamb herder to the slaughterhouse. Okay. Let me give you an example of what I mean by this. In, um, back in 2016, the big hot product um, for some of my friends was those, those you know, those, they were dropshipping from China with the, you know, those little spinny dealies, right? The, the kids mm -hmm. use the, sp the spinners. Yeah, right? the spinner things. Yeah. Okay. The first four or five, six people who jumped on the spinners made, made a lot of money. Then the next thousand to two thousand people who did it or more lost money. But it's also the nature of the product because a product that is that might go viral like that, like a gadget, you could apply this logic on. But what about like another product that solves a problem, you know, for the cycling niche or something? Don't you think that if someone yeah. finds that online and sort of like improve the copy and improves the visual, uh, don't they like they have the chance to actually make it happen and, and have they, a success? I mean, that? it depends on it depends on how hard it's been pushed on the particular ads platform that you're going after. Interesting. So you actually believe that some products might be saturated on a given platform? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I have a hat hat right now that we sold 22,000 units in my beer store. Right now, I can't get it to convert at all. Very interesting. I mean, that we just we pounded that thing with Facebook and it just, well, it'll make a sale here and there, but it will not like it used to. So yeah, certain products can get saturated on Facebook, which, which is another reason why you want to be on multiple channels. By the way, 
let me let me let me let me say something here really important okay if you are a newbie advertiser newbie marketer right or someone who's not had success i actually do not recommend that you be on multiple sales phones i don't recommend that you advertise on google facebook instagram pinterest snapchat at the same time i absolutely do not recommend that okay okay that's a recipe for disaster and that's one of the reasons why i just struggled in 2009 2010 is i was trying to advertise on too many platforms i was trying to become an expert at everything and one of the first things that i ended up hiring a coach first thing he said to me is chris you 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 do all you advertise or do marketing on every platform and you're good at none of them interesting so the best way to go about it is to take one master it and then move on to the next that's right so if you're if you're having success on Facebook, then of course add other channels, right? And once you're having success on Instagram, for example, I mean this is it doesn't have to be in this order, but let's just say you start off with Facebook, then you start to have Instagram's easiest to start playing on because they, they tie in the same ads platform now. So then move on to Instagram, right? And then maybe add Snapchat, maybe add Google Ads. If you're having success and you're making money, that's fine. You want to be on multiple channels. In fact, I think it's a good idea because you don't want to have your business stuck on one advertising channel. But for a newbie. Or someone who's struggling getting results, don't try to master one. You can get plenty of traffic from Instagram. You can get plenty of traffic from Google. You get plenty of traffic from, from Facebook. Guys, there are people who've made millions of dollars a year on Facebook, or even million dollars a year just on Instagram, and so on and so forth. So, if you are struggling to get results, focus on one ads platform and truly master it. And don't you think there's like an easier, easier platform to master? Everybody's going on Facebook because Facebook is underpriced, and Facebook is also easy to sort of like play with compared to, let's say, Google. You know, like search is more complicated than than Google in a sense. So I, I, I think Facebook is a great place to start. Interesting. Okay. And, um, and now that we're talking about platforms, I love how you're telling people that they have to master on to master one platform and move on to the next. And do you think that your success either in dropshipping from AliExpress or print on demand comes from your mastery of the platform or it comes from your understanding of the market, understanding of your niche, your copywriting skills, your sales skills, you know, like how you okay. actually make your visual, uh, uh yeah. because there's two schools. Okay. Some people, would only tell you to learn Facebook and disregard the rest, and some other people would tell you to focus on copywriting and disregard the platform. Then, so what do you think about that? All right. So first of all, um, what what is traffic? Okay, I put I like to frame it in this way. I like to put it in, put it in the sense of a car. Okay, your website is the frame of your car. Okay. Okay, it's the frame. Right now, you obviously. You know, especially with a website, even more so than a car. By the way, you can you can get away with driving an ugly-looking car, but with a website, if it's an ugly-looking site and it doesn't build confidence in the visitor, right? That this doesn't look professional. Your your chances of making sales is quite low. So you need to make the frame of your car look good. Okay? Interesting. And then the next most the next thing is is the hardest thing, and it's the most important part is the engine, and that is your product. Nothing is more important than your, a good product that resonates. Period. You could send traffic to a to a website that looks really good, that's that's optimized to convert all day long, twenty thousand visits a day. You're not going to make any money at all if you don't have a good product that resonates. Period. Product is the engine, okay? Hmm. And then then the last part is traffic. Traffic is gas. Make the machine roll. Make the machine roll. That's right. So the, I mean, the gas is just basically you know twenty percent or one third of the whole equation. The main part is the is the website and the product. So I I I see totally agree with the people who say that the product and the website is and is or even copy on the sales page is more important than the traffic. Interesting. Because I said that because you know there's a lot of people talking, especially in Facebook groups, about Facebook algorithm and like optimization and manual bidding and this and that. Like, do you actually spend time on these things or, or not even? You just focus on actually having a good product, good website, and the rest sort of like take care of itself. All, all this matters only only. All that stuff matters 
is when you're scaling. Okay. Facebook ads are for testing and scaling. But if you if you don't have a good website, you don't have good products, all that stuff is garbage. Gotcha. Yeah, because you can manually. And, and, and in fact, it's a, it's a distraction. People are focused. Ninety percent of the people are focused on the wrong things. They should be putting most of their effort into finding good products and understanding and researching their niche, where they're putting most of their effort in the fit in mastering the latest ninja quadruple jump advertising method, which is completely useless to them if they don't have a winning product. The only time that stuff matters, manual bidding and all those fancy ads things matter is when you got a product that's selling interesting so when you say that all that matters is the product what about we talk a little bit more about that like how do you go about let's say in print on demand how do you go about finding a product that sells you told us about the the page nine product uh, is there like anything else that you use in in, in terms of research you know just like that's for that's for aliexpress dropshipping but for yeah for for um Okay, so one 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 great idea, one great technique that I often open, I'm very public about, and, and this is a method that I made a lot of money on this, and so my students. So, so first of all, you want this kills two birds with one stone. Um, another, you want to research and get to know your niche. So, what I recommend, this is say you wanted to sell anything, it doesn't matter about the T-shirt, a mug cup, phone case, jewelry box, whatever, right? If you want to get to know your niche, but also come up with a winning product idea. The, the first thing you want to do is, number one, you're going to want to go into Google Images and whatever your niche is, just to say your niche is surfing. You want to search, type in funny or interesting or cool surfing t-shirt, right? Almost every major slogan that's been popular or done in the past, well, at one point, it been put on a t-shirt. Because t-shirts are the things that have been sold the most, right, over over years. So you could almost guarantee that it's on a t-shirt, okay? So... Spend a good number of time going over all those Google images on, on, on the funny, interesting T-shirts. You want to make a file of those, okay? Um, not necessarily because you want to copy them. In fact, I think copying those slogans especially is a mistake unless you get put on a very unique product. The reason being is because they've already been done over and over and over again. So if you can take one of those existing expressions that already had success and you can put on something unique, something new, cool, right? For example, today we launched shorts, shorts you know, with ladies' shorts for summer. Okay. Well, I took an exist. I took an existing expression that's already done really well on a T-shirt in the past for us, and put it on shorts. If I sell it on a T-shirt, it won't sell very well because T-shirts have been done over and over again. But so, so, but what really, what really is is the thing to do is this. Okay, so now once I understand my niche, yeah, and I truly get to know it, now, okay, let's take surfing. I want to sell stuff in the surfing niche. Let's go search funny dog T-shirt or funny swimming T-shirt or funny. I don't know water polo shirt or funny whatever right yeah. any anything but the target niche now what i'm going to do is i'm going to spend some time this is not easy guys but trust me this is so much better i'm going to spend some time and effort looking at those different slogans and expressions and see if i can tweak and twist them for my niche oh you can find something that works and you can actually apply it on your niche that's right but you have to make tweaks and and, and changes to the slogan very interesting okay, like so, adapt it to your niche that's right so i mean give you an example okay so so um this is an older example um but I saw I saw uh, a shirt that said, "Sorry, I can't. I'm busy petting my dog." Yeah, I saw that one too. <laughs> so, so I turned that to, "Sorry, I can't. I'm busy drinking beer," and that didn't do very well. But I was just like, "Man, there's something here." I just felt like because it was getting, I got a lot, of, a lot of comments and things like that. So I was like, "Hmm, it's not selling something here. So let's make, let's see if we can tweak this tweak this slogan even even more." And so. Um, this is this is a while ago, but anyway, it's back in 2016. But anyway, so what I did is I said I we changed it to "Sorry, I'm late. I was drinking beer," and the moment we changed the "Sorry, from Sorry, I can't. I was drinking beer" to "Sorry, I'm late. I was drinking beer." That shirt sold like crazy. Wow. Okay, 
So it's just a few little tweaks to the expression. Now, so so one thing I've learned over the whole process is is when you, when you when you're doing a tweak to expression. Okay, let's just say let's just say for example, let's go back to the we're looking for something for the surfing niche, and we're searching in the in the in the dog niche. If it's an expression like, for example, if, if it's too easy, right? It's just so easy to tweak to tweak it to make it work for your niche. That's actually a red flag. Okay, so what? You, so let me give an example. Okay, um, we're, search, we're we're searching for a product. We're, Searching for a slogan to use in the surfing niche. We're targeting the dog niche to come up with this expression, right? This is, and I give you one that's very common. It's been used all over, all over again in every single niche. It says, uh, "Dogs make me happy. You not so much." Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, that is so that tweaking that particular expression to your niche is so easy. You can almost guarantee it's been done over and over again. So what I do is I open another window, another tab on my on my uh, computer, and I go to Google Images. And I search, you make me happy, uh, surfing makes me happy, you're not supposed to. So remember, targeting for surfing. I'm, I'm seeing if this has been done. And if I see, and I search t-shirts, so I say, surfing makes me happy, you know so much, and I see t-shirt. If I see one or two t-shirts, I say, okay, cool. I can go and use the slogan, no problem. But if I see tons of like 20, 30, 40 t-shirts with that expression, ooh, that's a red flag. Very interesting. So it's the same underlying principle, is that you want to look for something that is not being done too much. That's right. You're looking for an edge. And it can be so unique. It can be so minute. I mean, for example, um, okay, here, here's 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 something that we've done in the past. Okay, so um, back a long, long time ago, um, this is back when I first lost my beer. So I'm doing older examples because I don't want to give away the stuff we're doing now. But we we um, actually, I remember I remember this. I was at an event. I was at an event uh, um, in Montreal that I was actually speaking at. Just sitting around wow. drinking beer with Don Wilson and a few other people. And um, one guy had a shirt on that said, you know, the man, the myth, the legend, which is a very common expression, right? Uh-huh. Um, in, you know, in, in North America, right? We say that, ah, he's the man, the myth, the legend, right? So anyway, one of the guys says, Chris, you can turn that into a beer shirt. You can say the man, the myth, the beer drinking legend. And that's exactly what we did. And that shirt sold really, really well. So we just took a, we took a tweak on, on, the, uh, on an existing expression, the man, the myth, the legend. We just, add, we just, add, we just changed it to the beer drinking legend. And that sold for a while, but then eventually the competition caught on it and it just sort of died down. So what we did next is was just at the time when Custom Cat was enabling a function to allow you to customize text on a shirt. So you could put a name or a city or a state on there, right? So we changed the expression to, to your name. So you can put in any name. So Dave, Chris, any name you want. The man, the myth, the beer drinking legend. And that thing just killed it for Christmas. Wow. Christmas 2016, that was our best-selling product. And all we did was add the ability to customize the, a name on it. But that's perfect so, because you can actually give people the ability to have something unique for them, not even like something unique for a group of people. Is that It's super unique because it has their name on it. That's right. And you can do that with state, city, or whatever. Now there's a, lot, a couple of these suppliers that allow you to have, sell products with customizable text on things. it. And now that we're talking about being different and like standing out from the crowd and like having an edge... Uh, some people argue that you can find a product on AliExpress. Not that I want to go back to AliExpress, but I just thought about that now. Some people could argue that you can find a product on AliExpress and find a unique marketing angle, like a unique story, like a unique promise in a sense, a unique benefit that people have not advertised, and you can and you can wrap it up in a story and sell it. Do you think that it's uh, absolutely? Uh, yeah, you can do that. I've seen that done effectively before. Yes. You've done that before. Can you tell us a little bit? No, no, no. I, I personally, I've, I've had students do that before. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So that, uh, not personally, no. I, I, I focus on, I'm not dropshipping anymore for a long time, but I've had, yeah, students in my course of mastermind do that as well. Yes. Awesome. 
Um, okay, and so that, now- that can that can work. I mean, the whole the whole message here today is you've got to find a way to make your stuff unique. Very interesting. Yeah. Or or you're just chasing the map. You're doing doing what I call winner chasing. Do you think that there's a way to actually make money winner chasing in a sense? No, what- you, no, no. Winner, winner chasing is going after this. Just for example, the fridge spinner when the, the all the entire mass is dropped. Four, five, six people made a lot of money off of it, and then, then the rest of the crowd used a spy software to find it, and then then thousands of people copied, and then they all got slaughtered in, in the slaughterhouse, like the lamb, the sheep, the lamb going to the slaughterhouse. Yeah, because speaking with that's that, that's winner chasing. Yeah, yeah, because speaking to all the people that I had on the podcast, all of them almost said that there's no way for you to actually find something that works on Facebook, copy paste it, and expect it to work. Like you can get a sale here and there, but it's never going to be like a five-figure, six-figure product, that's for sure. Uh, very, very rare, unless you're one of the first ones on there. Yeah, you jumped in early enough. And that's not a. That's why I don't think it's a very good business model. Strategy. I mean. yeah. Okay, so we spoke a lot about products. What about you just tell us how you go about testing? Because very often, you know, like dropshipping, it's you test, you confirm that the product is working, and then you scale it. Can we just like talk about testing and then a little bit about how you confirm that the product might be a winner and then how you go about scaling it? Um, so first thing I do is is run a PP ad just to quickly the five ten dollars to see if it get, gets any reaction. Okay, now a lot of people say, well, what, why 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 do that? Well, because you got to spend more money on conversion ads than you do than you do on PP ads to get a get some good data, right? This is the reality. So the first thing I want to do is just get rid of something that's not going to have any chance whatsoever. And a PP ad is a really great way to do that, and you can spend as little as five dollars one PP ad. A broad target, um, you know. For example, I mean, I literally, if it's a beer product, I'll target beer. If it's dogs, I'll target dog dogs. lovers. If it's yeah, right. Just because I just what I want to do is I'm going after the low, the the, the oh, easy, low, low hanging fruit in that niche. Okay. Yeah. And the point is, the reason why I'm doing that is I just want to see if they engage. Right. Fair enough. If they go in there and they make comments and they share. If they do that, that tells me after five dollars and spend, if I got like for example 20, 30 shares and you know three or four or five comments, okay, this thing's got a shot. Let's move on to conversion ads. If I don't have that, then I know it's not even worth it. So I literally just saved myself $50, $60 in conversion ad testing. Get rid of the loser easily. Yeah, quickly, the obvious loser, cheaply. you sort of like filter it out right away. That's right, I wanna weed out the obvious loser, okay? Then I start setting up $5 conversion ads, four or five of them, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I have different matrix for seeing that, but I, that's kind of a long system. We have a, we have a, um, we have a whole system based on that. It's, just that lesson is like 30 minutes in my course. Business. I can't really go over the entire details. But next, we just do conversion ads. Okay. Five of them. Five dollars each. Five different interests. Yeah, that's right. And once you find something that you actually like and, and you're getting you know, some good metrics, uh, how do you go about scaling it? You just double, duplicate, ad budget, go 20%. You know, like people have all different no, ways of no, scaling no. it. I, I don't recommend you, you, you adjust the budgets at all. Um, just leave the ones that are working, leave them on. The ones that don't kill them. What you want to do is to set up tons of new different ad sets, and there's different ways to do that. Plus, you want to set up CBOs and some manipulated ads. Okay, very interesting. So this because very often this is what people say they they, they struggle to find the first winner. Uh, they struggle to test it. Sometimes they find something and it seems to be working for I don't know like a week, two weeks, and then it dies out. Does it happen to you with your products? Um, yeah, the, the, that's the reason why it dies out is people are not adding adding ad sets frequently enough. Okay, interesting. so so Facebook. Um, favors new content okay and new ad set or new can or cbo posts right cbo campaign sorry on the same post is considered new so you got to be constantly feeding it new creatives new visuals you just keep changing the visual no 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 none so none of this are new creatives but new new ad sets new ad sets new ad sets all in the same post and eventually yes you do want to try new creatives as well awesome okay so now that we went- i mean I, I think if you have a product they're scaling if you if you're not adding new ad sets every other day it's a mistake 
Interesting. Okay. And you think that it, people should keep testing new products as well? So focus on scaling the product that's working, but then yes, be testing at least one new product a day in the background. I guess, and here's, here's, here's the, uh, when we talk about product testing, this is, this is, this is what I teach my students. And this is actually, this is one of the secret sauces why, I mean, as you're interviewing me, because you know, you see all of my successful students out there. Exactly. What I, what I teach these people is look, one well thought out, well researched, unique product test a day is 100 times better than five to 10 regurgitated product Half tests fast. that everyone else, everyone else is doing, right? Just copy what everyone else is doing. You have a lot better chance of success. Interesting. So I teach people to focus on doing one awesome idea a day, one unique, one clever, well thought out idea. Okay, great. If you have time, do two. And by the way, you do it with my method, it can take you an hour or two per product test. To, be, to find the idea and get it done, and so it takes time and effort. I mean, I mean, the research methods I taught you guys today, you know, it can take you a good hour, hour to come up with one good idea. And, that, and, and that's a lot of work. You think, oh my God, but you don't, when you're using my method, right, it's, it's different than the, what you, other people are teaching out there. You know, I'm not telling you to launch five to 10 products a day. In fact, I'm telling you that's actually a bad idea. You're hmm. much better off with one or two well thought out. Properly done. Properly done ideas. You have a much better chance of success. Interesting. You talk a lot about your students. Like, do you? I'm, I'm pretty sure that you, you see actually what works in terms of learning this. Like, what do you think? Like, the three things that anyone has to do in order to learn this fast instead of spending. Because I know people who spend year, year and a half trying to learn this, like putting in the work and the money very often, and and they just don't seem to get it. Like, something just keeps missing, right? Like, like they, they they just can't get success in this. You know, I I honestly think that um, the number one thing that I think I would do is, is one. Two things. Number one, I would get into a course in mastermind and follow that system. Okay. By the way, it doesn't have to be mine. Okay. Yeah. I obviously I believe in what I am doing, but it doesn't have to be mine. But what what I think is a big mistake is is system jump. Learn that system. Learn that system. Learn that system. And then there's, there's always differences, right? And things like that. And, and, and it, can, it can be information overload. Find one one course group or whatever mastermind group that you think resonates you and, and to focus on that and follow their system and truly get to know it right and, and participate in the group right and like that that's, that's one thing number two is i honestly think private coaching can be massively helpful and the reason why is guys you can't see the picture when you're in the frame there's so many little things that you don't see because you're just looking at your own business all the time right when someone from the outside takes a close look at what you're doing you'd be amazed what people they can notice oh sometimes it's just awareness like just getting you aware of things that you are doing and you're not even aware of. yeah i missed opportunities give up on a product too soon or 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 for example i gave i gave you an example of the fact that we took we took that expressions uh sorry i can't i'm drinking beer tweaked it yeah and tweaked it right well you may have tons of products like that that could have been a winner you just thought to to, to drop them you know, make tweaks to it oh, okay. and a coach and stuff can help you with that yeah no you definitely need need someone i sure i mean I, I, I was on a i was on a coaching call just the other day with someone and 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 you know i mean just they were making sales in this product but not for profit and i and i and i said well why don't we try this and this and we we tried out three different four four different things to try and make it profitable and sure enough now she's making profit on it great what well, what about you? you tell us about your mastermind like how do you go about students and like what they can expect if they ever join your mastermind or your course or your coaching 
Just, you know, like tell us a little bit about that. I mean, the, of course, there's tons of video content, and some people have video content, so I'm, I'm not going to talk about that. But what I will talk about that is the Facebook group. I mean, the Facebook group is, I'm in there every single day answering questions. I just love teaching. I just love it. I'm just, I've been doing it for a while now, and just, I get more personal satisfaction out of being in the group, helping others than I do running my own stores. Because after you've been running stores and selling products online since 2012, actually 2010, when I sold digital products, it gets kind of boring sometimes. So I really enjoy going there and helping people. Uh, three times a week we do live stream Q&A. So literally I just get do a live stream and I answer any questions. So no question goes unanswered. And, and because of that, um, there's this culture that's been built in there. There's only 400 people, but it's a very active group. And a lot of the mem other members are active. And there's some big sellers, guys making seven figures. There's even one guy in there making eight figures a, a year on his store. Wow. So there's this whole, this whole, it starts with me. The moment I stop being active in the group, it'll fall apart. But because I'm in there, in there every single day supporting people, the other members build, feed off that. And they support each other. I mean, I'll wake up in the morning and there'll be four or five responses to a question before I even had a chance to look at the question from other members. It's really wow. cool. The course is awesome. And it's very, very detailed. I worked my ass off on it. And, and there's a lot of content in there. But I think the group is what makes it work. Great. I mean, it put, helps you put it all together. Because here's the reality. You're going to go watch a video in the course, right? And there's going to be questions. Or you may not even have any questions at the moment. You may think you understand it. Everything's working great. When you actually start implementing it's different and you need that follow-up yeah accountability you know it keeps you accountable too did you right. have to? and you need that you need that follow-up in the place that you can go and make sure you're doing it right and, and to answer any problems you might be having awesome well before we wrap up what about you just tell us how you know like people who are interested how they can get in touch with you um you know what we can set you up with a affiliate link um awesome so um we can add it but it, i so we'll, we'll set up for this after this call i'll introduce you to my partner um, okay, great. So, Reda, okay. So, you're going to want to go to ecombandage.com forward slash Reda. Okay. Um, we'll set up a link for you here. Um, so, yeah, by the time of this recording, up the link should be below the podcast. Up and ready. Okay. All right. Definitely going to put the link in the description. Awesome. Perfect. Perfect. And uh, can people like, get in touch with you on, on Facebook, maybe, if they have some questions before That's joining? Right. Yep. Yep. You can go to facebook.com forward slash contact Chris Blair. Okay, awesome. So anyone who's interested is going to get in touch with you. Thank you so much, Chris. Like we, I learned so much. I was not expecting this to be like a master course on print on demand, but it's the first thing that we do on, on chat with Dropship Masters, and it has been very, very uh, helpful and educational, and I hope we're going to talk to you soon. Okay, awesome.